It's time to become a member of Playvolution HQ and Exploration's Early Learning. There's a free option and three paid patron-level options. All come with free stuff and ongoing automatic training and merch discounts. For as little as a dollar a month, you can become a patron. That supports our work and you get premium stuff like early access to fresh podcast episodes. Go to explorationsearlylearning.com slash membership or click the link in this episode's description to learn more. All the cool listeners are doing it. On with the show. In the Australia, Newcastle, in her children's backyard cubby house, we've got Nicole Halton from Inspired EC. How you doing, Nicole? Hey, I am great. Hey, so Nicole, I've been teasing my eye patch uh, hook and uh, peg leg emporium. That's because because basically I'm a pirate now. Because uh, mm. about a week ago, I got a I got a kayak, so I've been I've been going out to sea. Uh, it, it lives at the beach. So I've got to, all I got to do is go to the beach and unlock it and boom, I'm kayaking. So it's, yes. it's, uh, it's been pretty delightful, except I was talking with, uh, Kristen a couple episodes back about what to name it. I was thinking about the sea hag and she thought that was too negative. Um, yeah, well, a sea hag is actually a, a thing. It's, it's like a, a woman who spent a lot of time at sea. So a sea hag is, I mean, it's actually a, a descriptive term. Um, and, and it's the sea hag, she was the, uh, she was the nemesis of Popeye, the sailor man. So, um, so, but anyway, I moved away from sea hag and I said, I, I thought about the, the drunken squid, Kristen later well, suggested the drunken squid. That would have been a, that would have been a good name. That was a strong, solid name. What I landed on is the tipsy mermaid. Oh, actually, well, I don't know if you want it to be too tipsy though, when you're in a kayak. <laughs> well yeah <laughs> yeah well that's that's the thing with uh, my kayaking skills that might be the uh <laughs> the situation but that's why they have personal flotation devices um so i'll be i, I spent about uh i spent about an hour and a half paddling the other day and uh um it was um uh, that's a lot of work paddling a canoe that's hard yeah and, it's hard we like to kayak and i i like we had a double kayak so that was good because when my arms got tired, I could just stop. <laughs> you could just put your put your arms down. <laughs> like I'm just done. <laughs> I need a break. Yeah, we we went out in the fog too. We had a foggy morning, and and that we could go out a little ways, and then you couldn't see anything. I just had to remember it's which simple. way was was back to shore. It was great. Um, so I've been working on this thing. Oh, this is the quickest we've gotten to the topic in this whole yeah, uh, look at whole uh, whole that or uh, whole. Uh, collection of episodes um so i've been working on this thing right so um i've been doing a lot of policy and procedure stuff lately because i would like i would like for programs to have more harmony between what they say they're doing in their handbook and what's actually happening in their classrooms um 
and more harmony between what's happening in the toddler room and what's happening in the preschool room and yes. what's happening in the in the school age room. Uh, because a lot of the complaints, a lot of the struggles I hear from caregivers is that they do things one way in the other room and one way here or one way in the morning and one way in the afternoon, or I don't know what the hell I'm supposed to be doing because we've got this handbook and nobody follows it and on and on. Does that anything you've noticed with the consulting and stuff that you do? Yes, absolutely. And it's funny. I, I find it tricky sometimes because there's parts of, there's a part of me that in a way can see the value in doing things differently in a toddler room to a preschool room but there still needs to be a sense of flow and connection between the two because it, they can't be polar opposites like sure. there's got to be you know there, there will always be a different approach because we're working with a different age group and I think there should be a different approach when we've got different people different dynamics in the space and you know there should be room for like tweaking and adjustments but there should be a fairly standard expectation and it should be that if my child's been in this room and then they move to this room that it's not all of a sudden oh now we do things completely differently to how we were doing them you know three months ago or whatever so there's got to be like a flow there's obviously an expectation that it would change but that it would feel like a natural progression rather than actually that's completely the opposite to you know how we do it yeah you want, you want some you want some consistency there some predictability yeah. Um, we, we, we know that two-year-olds aren't four-year-olds. So, so programmatically we want to, want to change, but they, but, but all those practices should be anchored back to the, the same ideas. And so this hierarchy I put together and, and, and look, some version of this might already exist out there. I just couldn't find it. So, so, um, so envision an inverted pyramid. That's what we're going to start okay. with. Okay. I could have yep. sent you, I could have sent you what I built so far. That would have been helpful. <laughs> Yeah, sure, it would have been helpful, but it wouldn't have been as magical and as in the moment as hearing about it. So we got an inverted pyramid at the bottom, the pointy tip that the, the whole thing is balancing on. We've got the program's vision. Yes. And and so your, their vision statement is really just a reality-based aspiration for the future of children and early learning. So mm -hmm. We, we envision a world where all children are, all children are allowed uh, playful childhoods or something yes. like that. Um, I've, I've been looking at a lot of program handbooks and a lot of them lack a vision statement. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them that have vision statements are just paragraphs and paragraphs of, of, of things. Um, the, the best vision statements are about exactly one sentence long. If you yeah. look at companies like Apple and Google and uh, SpaceX, all of these these multi billion dollar companies have like one up. sentence one sentence vision statements. So your 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 childcare program can probably can probably yeah I'm uh, sure sum it if up Google pretty cool. Manage it, you can too. And yeah. do, as a question, mm -hmm. do services in the U.S. have philosophy? Um, I, yeah, a lot Are you of states, the philosophy and a vision kind of interchanged. Well, well, as we move up this pyramid, okay. we're but, but yeah, in in a lot of states um, that I that I've read through the regulations for a lot of states are are required to to explicitly explain what their philosophy is. 
Um, Because that's what we have here. Every service must have a philosophy Mm -hmm. that is kind of aligned with our um, learning frameworks and that outlines kind of the basic core operations of their service. And so for us, we always talk about, you know, the philosophy kind of like being that backbone of your service, the thing that sort of keeps you steady and brings you back to how do we do things, why do we do things, I suppose. Mm -hmm. But I like that idea of that singular. It's it's a it's quite a long document usually. It's usually like a you know a four page kind of document. I like that concept of having a really simple vision statement as well. And I think a lot of services here have moved away from that. I think once upon a time they might have had that, and they might have called it a mission statement or whatever. But I think that'd be a nice thing to bring back in on top of their philosophy. You know, just mm-hmm. as a this is what we see as valuable and the philosophy is kind of the what we believe and how we're going to do it i suppose yeah well well the the next thing above uh, pyramid gets a little bit wider is is mission which is if you think of your vision as this is the way we'd like the world to be the mission is this is how in our little program this is how we're going to do that so so the mission is the organization's purpose it's the it's the why we're here Um, so your vision might be, we envision a world where blah, blah, blah. And your mission again is also very succinct, very short. Our job is to provide a play-based environment for the the children in our care to explore, dream and discover something very, very short and succinct, but it, it, it kind of focuses in a little bit on, on what you're trying to do to, to bring that vision of the world about. Yes. That, that make, that make, that make yeah, well, sense. it's kind of bringing in, you've gone like a kind of a global view, you know, like a, this is the world we want to see, this is our part of it and how we, you mm-hmm. know, like, a, yeah, bringing it in closer. Yes, like that. And so, and so next is philosophy. The philosophy is, is like you described, it's the core values and beliefs based on the vision and mission. And so yeah. everything that's in your philosophy is is explanatory about, uh, it expands on the vision and mission statements that you have. And so the yeah. philosophy is is longer. Those first two are basically one sentence, one sentence long each. The philosophy and um, the best versions I've seen of this in early learning programs and for businesses are, are basically bullet points. We, yeah. I mean, this would be, you know, if you have a specific belief about what play is, um, we, we believe, um, that, that play is, and I mean, just even mentioning, uh, grace, five conditions of play, yeah. um, yeah. mentioning specific things about what you think about kids and their need for movement and how they learn. And, and so this is just, just the, the basics of, of, of what you, what you believe in based on that philosophy, that vision and mission. Well, I often tell people too, that it's the thing it's the thing that identifies you as an organization too. And it sets you apart from the one that's down the road. And Mm -hmm. so when people come, they should be able to, whether it's an educator or a new family or, you know, someone from like a government department, when they come, they should be able to read that and look around and go, Oh, that's the, that's here. You know, like I I, I see those things that that's what makes you special and makes you kind of, you know, unique and and how you do your things. So yeah, I think they need to be. I think here in Australia they got quite broad for a while. People had these really broad philosophies of you know we believe that all children are capable and we believe that you know community is important. And it's like okay, that's great, 
but what's that look like? Yeah. Specifically, like get a little bit more granular about it, I suppose. Yeah. So this is this is all about we if if you believe kids need to move, that needs to be in your philosophy. If you if yeah. you believe if you believe play should be child if you believe activity should be child led. And and if you don't, if 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 in our program we're we're all we we we're all into uh ditto sheets and uh yeah. and and two hour circle times, that 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 should be what you say, um, and again grows out of the mission and vision. And then next up is policies, which are mm-hmm. clear statements of position on given subjects, which grow from your philosophy. Um, yes. Because because a lot of people struggle with how do I write a write a policy for this or that, or do I need a policy for this or that, and and the starting point is that vision, mission, and philosophy. If you don't have a solid understanding of, of those first three, it's going to be really hard to write write policies that that fit into or or that are gonna that are gonna meld with what you what you're stating you believe. And this is where I struggle sometimes with um the idea of template policies. We often have people ask us for, oh could you write our policies for us? Sure. Or, you know, could you give me a template for a policy for X, Y, and Z? I have no issues with giving people something that is a starting point, you know, that covers off, particularly when you're talking about, you know, compliance and regulatory requirements. Like there's obviously going to be legal um, things that need to go into your policies um, depending on, you know, your state and what you have. But for us here in Australia, we've got very clear regulations that we need to have policies and there's certain things that must be included in those policies and so I'm I'm happy to provide that broad framework, but you I don't believe you can take a policy from anywhere else and go, well, that's now our policy because you haven't got that that vision and mission and philosophy. That's not embedded in there and it needs to be. It needs to be reflected so that it's there's that clear connection of all of those things following through and into those policies. So start with you know, by all means, start with a template. You don't need to reinvent the wheel. If someone's got something that covers off a lot of the regulatory requirements and kind of sets out a basic format, then by all means, start with it, but then make it your own. You know, you've yeah. still got to do it. Yeah, and so in my in my deep dive into policies and procedures on the Playvolution HQ site, I, I, I wanted to look at, at, I put together a list of its uh, 250 potential policies um and but how to approach them and i first i thought about writing writing what i think best practice samples would be um mm-hmm. but i think that would be too easy to copy so the the way we're doing it is is basically we're for each one we're we're kind of putting together a couple paragraphs kind of outlining um what should what should be covered here and then including you know questions to ask when you're creating your own policies and then including a, a couple samples that we've yeah. we've uh, we've grabbed from from handbooks not not, not necessarily good ones yeah. But but just what's out there that that people can kind of use as resource materials, because those those policies are really, um, you know, the vision, the mission and the philosophy are kind of esoteric. They're just kind of out there. Yes. Um, but the policies, policies the, the policies, that you, things are starting to become concrete. And you're so you're trying to figure out this is what we are going to this is the rule for our program for how we're yeah. going to implement our policies. And then next is procedures. 
policies um policies are just kind of the the big positions and procedures are how policies are implemented yeah, uh, how do we actually do the thing we yeah. said we're going to do procedures document how a policy is to be implemented how we do it policies are what we do procedures or how we do it. And so yes. this is this all grows vision, mission, philosophy, policies, and then the procedures. Um, and and in writing those, you got to look at how how is the way how is the way we're changing nappies, changing diapers. Look, I spoke a little bit of Australian. Um, <laughs> it still sounded funny though. <laughs> of course it did. I it's that's a <laughs> Change some nappies, mate. Um, nappies. See, it just, um, yeah. Um, so how, how are we going to do Graham change their nappies. How are, how are we going to handle nap time? How are we going to handle meals? How does that yeah. all go back to our philosophies and our missions? And, and so writing those policies and procedures becomes a lot easier if you've got that solid foundation of vision, Absolutely. mission, and philosophy. But then yeah. on top of all of that, You've got the actual practices, the things that yeah. are actually happening day in and day out, the real world choices made throughout the course of the day in your program. And ideally, they would be directly related to the procedures, which are directly related to the policies, which are directly related to the philosophy, which is directly related to the mission and the vision. Yeah. Um and and that's really a way of determining if you've got any harmony in your program. And if all all six of those those levels of that hierarchy are in alignment, then then you're probably living your vision and mission in the day to day operation of your program. If there if you can't recognize the connection between what's going on day in and day out in your program and what your stated philosophy, mission, and vision are then it's probably time That's to a do a little bit of a little bit of realigning and yeah. uh, and and um maybe restaffing well that's it and, and and sometimes it is as simple as bringing your staff back to those things like going back and going okay i can see how you just handled that situation what does it say in our procedures? What's the procedure for this situation? Do we have a procedure? Yes, we do. Okay, great. What does it say? Do you feel like you followed the procedure? Straight up, that should be a uh, well, no. Like if I'm performance managing someone and I'm you know, concerned about how that is, chances are they haven't followed the procedure. Okay, so you didn't follow the procedure. Let's look at the procedure. Now let's look at the policy because that explains why we have this procedure. Like, you know, you will understand that. Then once we've looked at the policy, Let's look at the philosophy. That's how we got to that policy, like making sure that people actually understand all the things that embed that procedure. It's not just that today I decided that we're going to do things this way and it'll be, you know, following these five steps. It's actually come about because of a series of other conversations yeah. and reflections and, you know, things that we've developed as a team or as a community or whatever. And I think you you need to bring people back to that. You know, it's like for us, I know um, here in Australia, like when I was in a service, we our philosophy said all the right things and was a lovely document on the wall, but it wasn't something that anybody referred to very often. And it's like, I think it should be something that you refer to almost every day. You know, yeah. like that's, that's underpinning everything that you do. And so if you're not, you know, it mightn't mean that you know it off the heart, but you know what it says and you can go to it and you can go, okay, what does our philosophy say about this? You know, like it's that bringing people back to that so that they remember actually there's there's reasons behind what we do and how we do it. 
Yeah. And, and creating all of this is, is frankly a pain in the ass, um, <laughs> which is, I mean, that's, that's one of the reasons I decided I'm, I'm going to devote time and attention and energy into creating resources to make it easier because I know programs struggle with this because it takes time. If, if you're, I mean, if your experience is in the classroom and with kids and you're expected to be on a committee to rewrite all this stuff. And I mean, it's if, if, if it's not in your wheelhouse, it's really hard to do. So I think what yeah. a lot of programs do, and I'm, I'm not judging them for this because I've totally done the same thing, is they go online and they find a good example or what they think is yeah. a good example. And then they, they take that and they change a few words and they put in the name of their program. And then they say, well, that's sorted and, yeah. uh, and move on well, to something they, else. Well, they purchase packages, you know, like they- oh, there sure. are there are packages you can purchase and it's like great that's an entire policy kit and they get them and they put their logo on the top and they're done and yeah they can check the box yeah exactly you know it's like well we've done it we've met the requirement um but i have seen people get burnt with that before with both of those strategies and you know they've actually been non-compliant you know they've they've had regulatory visits and it's like actually that policy is not compliant and it's like oh you know and, and i'm thinking well if i paid someone for this policy a bit different if i've just lifted it off the internet but if i paid someone for it i want to know it's compliant you know like i feel and you know or they're like oh well that policy doesn't really match what you're doing in practice you know and it's like well of course it doesn't because it's not for our service it's for somewhere else and we've just lifted it and kind of tried to implement it so yeah i think when you said about um you know reflection questions even things that people should ask themselves when they're reviewing a policy. So it's not just about here's the policy, it's what should you ask about and what should you be looking at and thinking about because often people don't even know where to start. Yeah, yeah. And that and that's what I found as I I mean, look, I I talking to people about this and you probably read into the same thing you program struggling to to they want to embrace rough and tumble play and i'm like well what's your what's your uh your policies and procedures about about the topic and they're like um it doesn't exist you know? yeah. and 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 the same thing with weapons play or or process yeah. art or or whatever it is or or kids not sitting still or or, or whatever it is it, you need to build the policies and procedures that that fit your program and, and to have and, the discussions about what we believe as a team you know what sure. do we believe about this and okay it's coming up but have we decided what we collectively believe is important for children then we can only once we've done that and once we're in agreement about what we collectively believe and that can be hard to come to a collective kind of decision but once we've done that well then we can start to build the procedures of like the policies and then the proceed and again everybody wants to implement everything tomorrow so it's like oh we want to do this weapons play stuff or we want to do you know for us here we notice it's like oh we want to do firework with children we want to put in a fire pit in our playground and start having fires and it's like Great, but there's a whole bunch of things you need to do before you even get to that implementation. Mm-hmm. You, know, yeah, like you yeah. need to have the policies and procedures, but you also need to have the discussions, the philosophical discussions about what does this mean for us and 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 how does it how how does though that that practice actually move us towards our vision or our mission for children? Yeah, and, and the whole creative process. If you're if you're running your if you, if you're a one person shop running a family home based program. Oh. Coming up with this is going to be a, a pain in the ass, and that is much easier than if you're dealing with a committee 
um, of, of, of multiple people probably. And, and so center base, I don't know, I don't know if, if it's a, a committee of staff, if you have a board that gets involved with this, if it's the owner's job to come up with this and then hire people that are going to live in that philosophy. So in those big, bigger programs, it, it can be really a struggle, but, but once you've got this all, all put together and, there's a fair amount of harmony between everything from the vision to the daily practice. Everything is going to be easier for everybody in that program. The kids are going to know what to expect. The staff are going to know what to expect. The parents know what to expect. When you're orienting new families or orienting new staff into the program, you can show them this, this clear, this clear um, step ladder from here's, here's our big vision of the world. Here's yeah. how we go about, um, it, here's our purpose in this little program we've got here. And here's what we do every day to 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 implement this, to show the world that we're actually living um, our mission, that we're we're pursuing our mission. And awesome. uh, that that's a lot, it, it's hard work to get there. And it's, that work makes it a lot better than all the chaos involved in, in not having that put together. Tasha just walked by and it looks like she's got fancy hair. She's got some oh. jig, big fancy bun kind of Marge Simpson kind of thing going up on top of her head. I, it's oh. not blue. It's not blue. And it's making me call as Marge. Oh, now it's down and she's swishing it around like a. Like she's in a shampoo commercial. Yeah. Yeah. That's what like, I was going to say. Like I, yeah. Uh, I was going <laughs> to. I'm gonna say a really, really sexy old lady, but um, I... <laughs> she's not old. She's a sexy young lady. Yeah. Um. I mean, I mean, she's she still was. got plenty of years. <laughs> oh yeah, she's. I mean, look, she's got a lot of miles on her, but there's there's plenty of miles to go. Oh crap. Um. You're in trouble. Yeah, but I mean, that was funny. <laughs> I mean, to me, nobody else, but. <laughs> She's still here and she's smiling, so it's all okay. Oh, um, so now, um, first, Nicole, did did that make enough sense that I should finish creating this handout yes. and yes. then the article that goes with it, or is this total bullshit? I, I'm 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 here for it. I think it's very oh. very helpful. Okay, okay. So, Lister, what this is going to be? This is going to be a one page PDF handout that outlines all those things I just went through and then there's going to be an article but then that article is going to link to I'm putting together a hey here's how to write a vision statement here's how to write a mission statement all of that stuff because I, I mean I there's versions of that stuff out there but I hadn't been able to find any really good stuff about uh, related to early learning specifically so I'm going to try to do a a good enough version and then we'll improve it over over time as I get feedback from people um yes. so it, look and and i'm not i'm not approaching this as as some sort of expert because back in my direct care days our our procedures and policies and missions i mean it was all a hot mess and that's one of the reasons i think it's so important that programs get it right because i totally struggled with it yeah. and for for 20 years as a trainer i've seen people struggling with it and finally i've got some some time and interest and energy to kind of trying to hopefully make that struggle a little bit less struggle strugglesome strugglesome a word yeah. if it's not it should be it really should fucking be a word um somebody put that Somebody put that on Urban Dictionary and and attribute it to me. Strugglesome. Struggle. Um, maybe it's a real word. Strugglesome. As soon as we're done, I'm gonna look up strugglesome and then do that other thing that I said I was gonna it's do nice. when we got done. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, pink noise. I get those. Pink uh, noise yeah, there's actually pink noise and strugglesome. Um, any other thoughts before we wrap this up? No. <laughs> I your kids still quiet? Uh, they are. They'll be ready for lunch, I think. So okay. they'll be probably, you know, the stomachs will start growling and it'll be like, all right, now we need to go and sniff out mum in the cubby. Like if, she's the whole if, food. If something has been destroyed in the house, please email me later and let me know. And also before we wrap up, how's the electric bike going? It's going good. It's been hard, actually. It's been so hot. It's been really hard to get out on the bike. I need to really try and do it like of an evening or something because it's just been quite hot the last few weeks in particular um but I'm looking forward to the kids being back at school because that's usually when I get a bit more of a chance to go for a bike ride yeah. on my own because otherwise gonna... they, they all want to come and that sounds good in theory but yeah three children yeah. on bikes and that's I'm trying fun. to watch them on bikes and ride a bike myself is just it's stress yeah. I don't need it's okay have if you're you, on bike track, but like if you're riding around the streets, it's no too stressful. You are you going to train the dog to to like run on the leash on the lead no, next to the bike? No way, no. He's way too strong. He'd pull me over for sure. Oh, that wouldn't, I that wouldn't be good either. Him. I can't even walk him without like we've got a special lead thing that kind of goes around his nose and kind of stops him from pulling. And if I don't have that on, I actually can't walk him without risk of a shoulder dislocation. He's an absolute beast. He's he's got places to go and 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 things to sniff. He's so huge. I just I hope he stopped growing. He'll be one in a few weeks, and I hope he's stopped growing. Oh well, I hope he has a has a delightful birthday party. We'll have to talk about oh, that next time. The kids are planning to make pup cakes. Pup cakes. Oh, pup what 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 are in pup, what what's okay? I hope there's some snout. I'm not sure. I don't know. I let, let them know that here here in the, the United States, we put a lot of snout in our cupcakes. Mm. They were actually disturbed the other day. We called into the pet shop to get some food for the dogs, and they um there was all these um like there was antlers, there was sure. like pig pig fit pig ears, there Weird. was chicken feet. Um there like it was like a whole smorgasbord of animal like dried animal parts and they were quite disturbed actually that's that may have been what's turned my youngest vegetarian she's become a vegetarian in the last three days that might have been it i've been wondering what it was that did it but that might have been it huh should get her an antler to chew on that'll change that'll switch her back nothing better than a, antlers they last a long time too he'll he'll chew on antler forever this <laughs> has been dog talk um dog talk. look Look, listeners, you need more dog talk. You need more on Nicole in your life. Go to inspiredec.com. If you need a eye patch, peg leg, or hook, come over to my little kiosk here on the beach, and I'll hook you up. I'll give you a, a child. We've got a child care bar and grill uh, listener discount. Uh, you just come up to the kiosk and you say, "Arr, I'm looking for a hook." Um, from the childcare bar and grill bar and grill i'll give you i'll give you a 25 percent discount this has been the childcare bar and grill podcast back soon thanks for listening bye-bye bye-bye <laughs> listen to this show <laughs> i know they'll get to that last like couple of minutes and it's just, i actually forgot that we hadn't really ended <laughs> this has been an exploration journey about learning the upstairs okay. studio yeah, I'll probably leave this part in too. Oh.